Welcome back, everyone, to the Keys Weekly Sports Wrap with Coach McDonald. The only place to get your Florida Keys prep sports news, interviews, and history. You can find this podcast every Thursday at keysweekly.com. Please share and, and like. You can find me on Facebook at Florida Keys and Key West High School Sports History. Thank you guys for listening. Today we're going to break down the Battle of the Keys, Key West versus Coral Shores, the big football game that happened last week. We are going to have the winner of the Battle of the Keys, Ed Holly, on the podcast, where we're going to break down that game and break down exactly what happened. Did you play in the game? Have you been to that game before? You guys know how intense that rivalry can be, and this past week was no different. Both teams played their most physical game of the year, but both teams had excellent sportsmanship, and the game was very well played on both sides. Congratulations, Dead Holly, about that. We're going to have on Coach Johnny Hughes from Key West High School to talk about what's going on with this season. Their district are all teams from Fort Myers, and unfortunately, as you guys know, Key West was not the only area. The Florida Keys was not the only area impacted by Hurricane Ian. Fort Myers especially was impacted. So we're going to catch up with Johnny Hughes and, and figure out what's going on with his season, how his district play is going to work, and when will Key West High School be playing football again. Right now, I'm going to take you to what I call the sports wrap. And this is where we're going to talk about what happened in high school sports last week. Last Monday, Marathon played against Westwood Christian in volleyball. They lost three sets to zero. Key West High School, they played Coral Shores and they won three sets to zero last Tuesday. Last Tuesday, all the Keys High Schools were at Marathon for cross country. The boys, Marathon, got first overall, Coral Shores second, Key West third overall. For the girls, Marathon High School first, Key West second, and Coral Shores third. So Marathon taking firsts in both boys and girls. Um, Marathon Volleyball played against Somerset Silver Palms 10-6. It was their senior night. Unfortunately, they lost 3-1. to one. Coral Shores Volleyball played Keysgate last Friday. They won three sets to zero. And like we talked about at the top of this podcast, Coral Shores and Marathon High School played in the Battle of the Keys up in Tavernier at Coral Shores High School. And Coral Shores was able to win that game 33-6. to six. Only about 51 more weeks to go until Coral Shores and Marathon Square up and play one more time in that game next year. So we're all looking forward to that. Once again, we're going to have on head football coach at Coral Shores High School, Ed Holly, head football coach at Key West High School, John Hughes. Thank you guys for tuning into the podcast. Please, please, please let people know about this. There's a lot of people that grew up in the Florida Keys that always follow their high school. They might have moved away. Let them know on Facebook. Send them the podcast on Facebook. Um, and make sure to check out the stories in the Keys Weekly. My wife is, if she's the other side of this, she's the print, I'm the talk. So I'm talking about sports. She's writing about sports. If you check out this past week's Keys Weekly, I can't tell you how impressed I am with Tracy McDonald's article on George Myra Sr. 
George Myra Sr. is from Key West. And a lot of you, a lot of you guys might not have heard that name, or you might have heard the name, you don't know who he is. The story is definitely gonna let you know everything about him. This is a gentleman who went to Key West High School in the late 50s. He was uh, 23 and 1 as a pitcher his senior year. They won a state championship. He was on the same team as Boog Powell, who was a longtime Major League Baseball player. Richie Garcia is known as the greatest baseball manager of all time. He was on that Key West High School team. George Myra thought, hey, I could play baseball, but I have been the quarterback at Key West High, and I can go to University of Miami on a full ride. And at the time, he felt he might be able to make more money in professional football than professional baseball. So he went to University of Miami. He became the first major quarterback at University of Miami. He was uh, two-time in the running for the Heisman Trophy. He was the first great quarterback at University of Miami. And to a lot of the new generation, he's forgotten. And yet the first one, some say, is always the most important. And he was the first great quarterback at University of Miami. Something that he's famous for. You know, back in the old days, Florida and University of Miami had a huge rivalry. They played every year until at one point in the early 80s where Florida decided to stop playing Miami every year. So Miami and University of Florida were big rivals, almost comparable to Miami-Florida State today. And there was a game where George Myra was the quarterback, and he was right-handed. His nickname was the Matador. He was dropped back to pass. University of, of Miami was down by five. He is running to his left. His um, A defensive lineman from Florida grabs him by the right, his throwing hand. He tosses the ball to his left, and he throws a 15-yard strike with his non-dominant hand for the winning touchdown against University of Florida. So he goes on to be drafted. He plays in the NFL. He plays in the World Football League. He's a guy that wins a World Football League championship. He wins some Super Bowl rings, one with the Miami Dolphins. And he's a Key West guy. And his brother's all played quarterback at Key West High School. His brothers all were quarterbacks. Um, one of them, Joe Myra, was a long time. He went to University of Miami also on a football scholarship, and he's still coaching today at Westminster. He is a one of the most respected high school football coaches in Dade County. Uh, you have George Myra's son, George Myra Jr., who was the all-time leading tackler at University of Miami until Dan Morgan broke the record. So check out the story about George Myra. There's a lot more to it than I'm letting on. You know, the Key West connection is there. He still has family members there. In fact, the Key West High School starting quarterback, Adrian Myra, is like a great nephew to George Myra. So the tradition continues. So I hope you guys today, everything is all cleaned up from Hurricane Ian. Hopefully we don't have any more hurricanes this year. And you guys can enjoy the interview that I have with uh, Coach Holly from Coral Shores and Coach Hughes from Key West High School. Thank you guys for listening to the Keys Weekly Sports Wrap with Coach McDonald. All right, Keys Weekly Sports Wrap with Coach McDonald. And I have the winner of the 50, 53rd overall Battle of the Keys. 
Ed Holly, congratulations on the big win over Marathon in the Battle of the Keys, 33-6, to coming off of a big win. Once again, congratulations. How are you today, Coach? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. And, yes, we're very fortunate to get the victory on uh, last Friday uh, in the battle, but I think the big victory is Monroe County football. I mean, Marathon had a great team, great game plan. Their coaches did an unbelievable job. We were able to come out and play well, too. It was a very competitive, spirited game. And so I think really Monroe County football won Friday night. All right, guys. Uh, listeners, it's no secret that I'm one of the, the fortunate coaches uh, at Marathon High School. I get to coach the young men there at Marathon in football. And this was really a great example of how this game should be played. I'm sure a lot of our listeners out there have either been to this game many times or actually played in this game themselves so they know i guess you could say coach that all everyone's senses are heightened when coral shores and marathon play but it was a very physical it was a very hard played game but at the end everyone all night long i only saw examples of good sportsmanship you know and that's really the truth that it was from both sides you know both teams came in and just wanted to have a a spirited contest, and I believe we did. Um, it was very physical on the for both sides. The, the guys were hitting and they were running, and both teams wanted to win. And both teams, you could obviously tell, were wear, well prepared and put a lot of practice. And it's a it's a lot of pride going into that game. So having an opportunity to go out there on the stage, you know, you you know, growing up for these guys in the Keys, this is the game. And for me, I mean, I couldn't even go get gas without people saying, hey, good luck, you know, big game for on Friday, coach. So it was important not only to both schools, but also to both communities. And really it's important to both communities, you know, that should have a lot of pride that both teams played so well. And, you know, I mean, obviously you look at the scoreboard 33-6, but the way the game opens up, um, Marathon comes out, scores on the first drive, and was able to then uh, hold Coral Shores and, and get them to punt. Um, you go into halftime 12 to six. What was what were the the attitudes of the boys going into the half, and how did they handle for a lot of them playing in that game for the first time? How did they handle it? Well, you know, our guys knew, and we talked about all week about it being a four-quarter ball game because we knew it was going to be a tough game, and we knew that, uh, you know, throughout the game, throughout the four quarters, it was it was really important to stay focused and execute on offense and run to the ball on defense. I mean, Malachi, every which is the running back for Marathon, he gets stronger every single game, and as he is much stronger in the fourth quarter as he is in the first. So really going into halftime, we understood, hey, this is going to be a four-quarter ball game. It didn't catch anybody really off guard. Um, Marathon had a great offensive game plan and um, scored on a tremendous call early on in the first quarter, and then we had a chance to come out and settle down a little bit. And th that's what those games about, you know, you know, ha have a big shot, you know, take a big shot and just keep playing. Let me ask you this, you know, coach to coach, uh, breaking down the fourth wall a little bit. And I don't really know the answer to this, but me, particularly as a coach, and I met with Coach Childers today, the staff met together at Marathon High School. And just the highest compliments to you guys. Is your team honestly always that physical? Because that was the thing that I was on the sidelines in amazement with was the abilities of your linebackers, not only to tackle, but how hard they came up to the line and how hard they filled. 
are, have all of your games, because I've only seen you on film, have all of your games been this physical? They have been. And, you know, we had uh, not only Marathon, which is, uh, I think, a little bit heightened physicality, you know, because of the rivalry, but it was a very physical game against Ransom the previous week. And, and our guys take pride on, you know, anytime uh, that somebody comes into Monroe County from Day County or we play another team in Monroe County is that, hey, listen, we are going to be the most physical team on the field. Um, we practice tackling three times a week. We run to the ball. It is about our what we do. Uh, you know, defensively at Coral Shores. And we're really blessed to have guys on the field who who are physical, tough guys. So so just, you know, and I tell everybody, they're just key skits. You know, they they work hard. You know, they wake up early. They go to bed late. And um, they love the process, just like Marathon High has. It's sort of funny when you think about it because, you know, in looking at all three of the programs in the Florida Keys, you know, uh, Johnny is has been a, a flex. I'm sorry, Coach Hughes has been at Key West High School has been a flex bone devotee over the last, I think, about 20 years that I've known him. That has been his offense, which is run heavy. Marathon's currently running the the single wing, which is run heavy. And I wouldn't know. I mean, how to describe? How would you? I would describe your offense. You guys, and this is me. And then you're going to tell me what it is. Is that you guys are sort of a Red power running team or jet, which is that sprint option. How would you categorize, but you guys are a run heavy team, just like the rest of the keys and all three of us are. What would you call your offense? Well, I, I would say it was funny because when I was here before, you know, um, we were a wing T team mm-hmm. and it, it fit our personnel and running the spread fits us well. Um, but we, we like to run RPOs and we live to get, like to give our quarterback a lot of run pass options. So um, as we, as EMCL is getting more comfortable in the offense, that grows, and it really just depends on how many we throw, depend on how many uh, or who we're playing defensively. Mm-hmm. But it's really I, the way you categorize it being the spread power game would be 100% correct. And I think what all three staffs in Monroe County do so well is that they understand what the positive impact and what the, their players can do, and then they coach it up really, really well to a very high level. And let's talk about your quarterback, Yemsel. I mean, going uh, into the beginning of the season, I don't know if you thought he was going to be the starter, but he has sort of found his way in there as quarterback. And I know that us as a staff at Marathon were impressed with him all week long, looking at his film against Miami Sunset and against Ransom. But really coming into the game, it seemed like to us, Coach, what do you think, that he does a great job of managing the offense, but man – when he gets going on that quarterback power or on that ISO, he certainly can go and boy, he throws a nice deep ball. What about the play of him? You know, he, he, he you're so right. You know, EMCL came in and, you know, when we came in here, you know, in the late summer and we we're able to take over the program at Coral Shores, we opened up every position and it was a bunch of competition in every position quarterback being one of them. And EMCL had to beat a couple guys out. And then we had a really, we have a great guy on our team named Isaac Holmes who played a lot of quarterback last year. And he was gracious enough to say, coach, use me wherever I can be helpful to the team. And so we've had a chance to move Isaac to some different spots. And then EMCL comes in and he beat two other guys out for the job. And, um, you know, he just keeps getting better and better. And, and the great thing about EMCL is, you know, he's a sophomore. Isaac's a junior. So those guys are going to be able to play together for a little while. But, you know, he, he's a guy in the keys who wants to play quarterback. He enjoys the physicality of the game. He's learning and developing his passing game, and he's only getting stronger as the weeks go by. 
So when we talk, and 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 it all showed how well that he played, but when we talk going back to our game, Battle of the Keys, Marathon, Key West, a big difference maker, you know, I felt was the play on both the sides of the offense and defensive line, particularly for you guys. The play of Xavier Arrington, uh, he was a disruptive force on offense and defense, and also Johnny Holly seemed like he was all around the ball, and offensively he was very, very important um, in blocking for Yemsel. But what do you think about the play of both your offense and defensive line? Well, you know, I, we knew the battle was going to be won in the trenches or lost in the trenches, and and it's just a great game in the keys, you know. And, and Xavier had a, a phenomenal game, as he has all year. Um, and he is the leader of our defense, and, and it starts from the defensive tackle position. Um, Johnny has been able to play next to him instead of guys having a double team or triple team Xavier now. Now they have they can't do that because we have an equal player on either, either side. So it uh, Johnny has allowed you know Zay to get some uh, you know one on ones, and when he gets that opportunity, he's phenomenal. So closing the door on this, you know, I think Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we'll say roughly 362, 363 more days till we meet up again, coach, on the field of friendly strife. Um, fantastic job. Congratulations to Coral Shores on the Battle of the Keys win. So let's talk about next week. What's going on next week? The schedule says Bridge Prep Academy. Apparently that's not going on. What happened? So Bridge Prep called us before the game last Friday and said that they were unable to field a team um, because of numbers and injury issues. So they have canceled the game for Friday at Coral Shores. So right now we're going to use this week as our bye week. And then next week, which was our bye week, we're going to try to fill that with an opponent. And then moving forward, as the year goes on, you guys are phenomenal. One loss on the year, the lone loss to Palmer Trinity by three. Um, You guys are you're not in the FHSAA state playoff system, but you are in a conference. Can you tell me about your conference and when those playoffs start? So, yeah, so we are in the Florida Independent Football Conference, and um, our playoffs start on November 28th, and it's two weeks of playoffs, November 28th and uh, November 4th, um, with the winner being and the champion of the conference being crowned on November 4th. And um, really that's our goal is to make sure we're in the top tier of the playoff position have a chance on the 28th. It's will be the semifinal game to make it to the playoffs. I'm not sure who we're going to play, but I think it's either going to be Ransom, Palmer, and then the central division between Westminster, Archbishop Carroll, and True North has yet to be decided. So we will get one of those teams uh, in the semifinals, and if we're fortunate enough to win, then November 4th, uh, Tropical Park will be playing in the finals. That's so exciting. It's so important for you guys to have something to work for, that that carrot at the end of the string for the end of the year. You guys are having a fantastic season. Congratulations to you. Uh, good luck finding a team. Enjoy your week off this week. I'm sure it's going to be filled with film and work and preparation uh, for the next couple games, but enjoy it coach congratulations on the big win and let's move forward with this season and have a great season for all keys teams hey thank you very much for having me go Kings. all right here i am fans of the keys weekly podcast with coach mcdonald i now have key west high school fighting conks head football coach johnny hughes how you doing coach i'm doing great sean how about you well i'm doing pretty good all, all things considered another great week in the florida keys and you had what is known in high school football as a bye week sometimes it comes at the best absolute time and probably all things considered it's pretty good for you guys how was your bye week coach 
Yeah, no, it's you know, a good time to get rested and, uh, you know, um, heal up some people that have some injuries, um, you know, right before district play opens up. So, you know, I think it came at a good time for us. Talking about district play, of all the years, you know, all the years Key West High School's playing football, they've been in a lot of different districts. You're in a new district this year, and almost all or all of the teams are in the area impacted by Hurricane Ian. So how is that playing out for you? Well, that, you know, before our bye week, we had a Bishop Rose schedule, which should have been our district opener. Um, and that... That obviously was postponed because of Hurricane Ian. So we've been off for the last two weeks, um, you know, just you know, trying to see what's going to happen. You obviously see what the, what happened over there, the destruction and the aftermath they have to go through. Um, you know, something that you know, we've all been through down here as well, um, different stages. But, you know, they, they got some, some other things to take care of other than football. Um, so we're wondering how is this going to work out for us? You know, what's that going to do to us? Because – you know, we're in a strange scenario of being able to play, but having no way to play. Um, you know, so we had one game canceled on us. Uh, well, Chula Hardy was supposed to come down on October 21st. Uh, they had their AD sent an uh, email saying they sustained too much damage. They would not be able to make that trip. So that came before, you know, we've really got to talk to any of the Lee County team. So we were really kind of concerned. Um, so it's, you know, it's definitely been, a, been an interesting few weeks. So obviously not discounting all of the damage done to Southwest Florida, because I know Key West took a lot of damage as a football coach. How do you deal with like essentially two weeks and really truthfully coach, you're going to go almost three weeks without a football game when you do play this Friday night. Yeah, no, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of similar to, you know, spring practice, you know, when you go those four (laughs) weeks without anything, you know, you do have a little bit more, um, you know, uh, I guess stakes at the end of the, at the three weeks there, because these games count unlike the spring game, you know, but it's something where you just, you know, you try not to beat the kids up too much. You go back to some fundamentals, you know, kind of like you do spring practice or, you know, summer practice, um, you know, and you know, get the guys who are injured or not feeling too good, you know, some time to heal up. So, you know, just try to manage, you know, their, their reps, but trying to, you know, stress fundamentals and make sure we stay sharp. You know, talking about your personnel last week, um, Tracy McDonald, the other half of uh, the sports rap, wrote the article about the Myra family and everything like that. And I hope you guys check it out. It's a great little uh, historical view of, of the Myra family and Key West High School and the Key West Connection. But I know all season long, Adrian's been your your starting quarterback. Adrian Myra has been struggling with uh, ankle injuries. Has this time been enough time for him to heal up? Yeah, no, I think he's, you know, as close to 100% as he's been since, you know, that, that preseason game we played Cypress Creek, you know, which he did hurt the ankle the first time and then re-injured the, uh, re-injured the ankle a little bit later, but then hurt the other ankle in another game. So he's really had some, some tough luck there. Um, so, but yeah, he's looked good the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, uh, Friday, Thursday's practice, I think he, you know, he's as close to 100% as I've seen him. So with all of the devastation in Southwest Florida, however, it's starting to emerge. Life is is starting to move on, and high school football is is starting to get back going in that area. So, Coach, tomorrow night will be Friday night. You guys are going to be at the backyard. Who are you guys playing? We're playing uh, Estero High School, which is you know in our district. So, you know, it's definitely uh, it's got a little bad meaning to it. Obviously, you know, good to see them getting back to normalcy a little bit. Um, 
you know, I, we know how important that, that step is to get these kids back into some sort of routine, um, you know, get them playing, especially the ones that want to move on. You want to get the seniors, their games in, you know, you hate to, you hate to see that end like that for them. So, you know, I think it's, uh, I think it's good for everybody to go ahead and go ahead and play a game Friday night. So I know it's a little bit early in the week. Have you guys swapped film with Estero yet? Do you know what they do? Yeah, we have, um, you know, I think the last couple of games they've, they've pitched a shutout. So defensively, they're very strong. You know, offensively, they, you know, do a little bit of everything. You know, they run the spread, but they like to run, you know, power and, you know, counter and things like that. Throw some quick passes there um, and try to hit you deep. But mostly, you know, they're going to go ahead and try to run the ball out of this, you know, the, the wide sets and, you know, go ahead and get you with some power runs and come back with that little GT counter on you. But, um, you know, nothing that we haven't seen before. It seems like that's the South Florida, you know, mantra. Let's line up in that and do that for you. So now we have talked about Hurricane Ian in the southwest part of Florida, but as all of our listeners know, or maybe they don't know, Key West was hit unusually hard by Hurricane Ian. How did that impact you guys, and how did that impact your players? Yeah, well, that gave us that you know that one week off, which you know we weren't expecting as far as you know. Obviously, that game was canceled that Friday night, but still, we weren't able to practice. I think we got in. You know, we didn't even get in that Monday practice. We had a storm roll in, and we were lightning out. So we didn't practice all that week. So we were off for one whole week completely, um, you know, with no work whatsoever. So, you know, obviously that's that's not ideal. You know, you're in the middle of the season. You're, you're you know, getting ready to start district play. You want to go ahead and, and work on some things and, you know, fix some of the, you know, some of the bugs that have been, you know, bothering you and maybe, you know, keep working and enhancing some of the things that have been working well for you. So that was definitely a problem. We've had some, you know, some players that, you know, couldn't make a couple practices this, this past week when we came back uh, because they were still cleaning up their house. And, you know, that's understandable. They have they have more important things to do than go to football practice. Now, I, I have a question for you that maybe you don't have the answer and I don't have the answer for. But what's your take? You know, normally, a lot of times hurricanes, you talk about Hurricane Andrew, her hit in August. Irma was relatively early in the football season. Normally, if your hurricanes come early, you got a couple weeks, you go back to work, games get played. This one's a tad bit different, especially considering all the schools it's impacted right at the beginning of October. So has there been like any talk amongst your district or have you heard anything from the area how is the FHSAA going to handle some of these districts and, and who is the district champ and who goes to the playoffs? What do you yeah, that's, think? Um, that's a great question. That's, that's something we've asked them and um, they just don't, they just, they just don't have an answer yet. You know, I guess they're gonna have to wait and see how, how um, Lee County responds when they can really get back into, into the swing of things. I know they've set a, a tentative date to reopen schools on the 17th, but you know, their superintendent flat out said, this is a goal. This is not, you know, this is not a, a concrete date. So, you know, I, I don't know. Um, you know, uh, I know Estero's plan on coming down. We plan on going up to play Gateway up in Fort Myers on the 28th of October. And Bishop Verreau, the game we were supposed to play um, last week, is going to go ahead and move their game to November 4th. Uh, that obviously affects another one of our games we had against Trinity Catholic, so Mocala. Um, and, you know, we're going to have to move that game or just flat out cancel it because the district game is going to take priority. And I know talking to the Trinity Catholic coach, they're not too happy about that. But, you know, these are just tough times right now. 
Yeah, I know that we have a lot of listeners in Ocala, and I'm sure that they were really eager to see that Trinity Catholic against Key West High School because following high school sports, Trinity Catholic is one of the the top high school football teams there in that area of Ocala, and I think a lot of people were anticipating that matchup. But what we have to understand is that getting the district games played are a priority so we can figure out the postseason here in Florida in this very special year. Yeah, no, and I, I know like the FCA usually says, you know, hey, this is district makeup games. You know, you go ahead and play them after your your you know contract games, but you know that's usually for a lightning delay or some sort of you know weather event like that. Not not the devastation that was uh, that took place there in Southwest Florida and had to you know cancel weeks of uh, practicing games for these guys. You know, everybody needs games. Everybody's going to lose some games. We understand that. It's just a matter of getting as many games as possible for these kids, especially the seniors, before they move on. And just to switch gears a little bit, if you don't mind, uh, Coach Hughes, how's your how's your JV team doing? What's going on with those guys? Well, we, we had to cancel a couple of JV games early because most of our JV kids didn't come out until after school started. It was a strange year for that. Um, you know, a lot were involved in some travel baseball and, and other things like that. And we just didn't see them, which was, you know, which was surprising. We kept asking if they're going to come out. Um, they didn't. So we had games against Columbus, uh, Cardinal Gibbons, uh, Berlin. We had to go ahead and cancel those because we just didn't. We couldn't feel the team, JV wise. So that's that's where we stand right now with that. So have the kids come out? Are they just staying on varsity, or are you going to try to get some JV games? Well, we still we'll see if we can reschedule the Cardinal Gibbons games. They're open to that. Um, we did, you know, most of them are still with us on varsity. Um, you know, and, and some are actually contributing quite a bit. And as we get deeper into the season, there's some guys that extremely talented, just. You know, just young and experienced, green, um, and you know have to learn the nuances of, you know, our offensive system and defensive systems, and not just you know play man to man every play and cover somebody. Hmm. You know, they have to you have to learn you know some of the finer points of football. Um, you know, learn some of the terminology, what what they do without the ball if they're on offense. You know, because they all know do it with the ball. You know, so we have to you know figure that out, and, and they're getting it. It's just you know it's a slow process, and it is with most freshmen. You know, you remember Makai as a freshman played defense for us, and I think he had one carry the entire year. So, you know, it is a process, and uh, they're getting it. So hopefully, you know, they'll keep working at it. And I know a lot of people are interested in the HOB football team. You're not the coach of the HOB football team, but I think you're related to some of the coaches. Um, yeah. yeah, definitely. I saw you guys uh, HOB playing against university right before, and the offense looked very familiar, and, and I saw a couple of your sons, and uh, they looked like like they were really doing a good job with them. Um, you Do you sort of keep tabs of that HOB team, and how are they doing this year? Yeah, no, I, I believe they're – they might be undefeated still. I don't know if they if they lost one of their first games. Um, they just played Doral Academy down here and and had a very good showing. Um, you know, after a slow start, I think they you know they won by three or four touchdowns. So um, you know they got some talent there, and you know, that's the good thing is that's the good thing about having that middle school program. Um, you know, we we pushed for it a long time ago. Uh, we wanted basically for the the academic you know responsibility mm-hmm. that um you know that the players face when they get to high school, you know, you know, I'm sure you've lost a couple guys too. They come in as freshmen and show some talent and then run into academic troubles and it really derails their, their athletic career. So we wanted them to start learning that academic responsibility earlier where it actually be held, you know, um, you know, against them. Uh, there's some, some people that used to do it in the junior football league, but there's some guys that did not and players would play and didn't matter what their grades or their, their, um, their classroom behavior was. 
but now that's that actually you know holds weight now. And so they, they learned that in earlier age, and we've seen that we've seen the cut down of um, academic casualties, you know, go go way down since HB started that. Yeah, that that really worked out well for you guys. So for like a long time, Key West people that aren't in in sort of the loop anymore, you know, the Junior Football League is always famous for for flag C division, B division, and A division. And A division for a long, long time, Coach, if I'm correct, that was the top of the heap. That was your middle school players. They usually got spread out on three or four different football teams and they would play each other in the Key West Junior Football League, but that's no longer happening. There's not an A division. There's a middle school football team and they're playing the other middle school football teams in South Florida. And that's been a great addition to your program, Coach, because anytime you're going to get those kids uh, running your program on one team is a longer period of time that they're playing together. And, and do they really step in on day one and, and, and how well versed are they in your system? Yeah, no, it's, it's come a long way. You know, they still, um, you know, still have some things to learn as far as, you know, the, the tags and stuff that we add to it, um, you know, but they're definitely a lot, lot more, you know, um, up to speed than they would be if they were, you know, just playing another type of offense. You know, if you take the, you look at the Baylin model and that's kind of like what mm-hmm. we modeled after Baylin's never really had great athletes, but you know, heck they advanced a state championship game one year, you know, they just run a wing T offense with a bunch of guys who knew what they were doing and played hard. And that's, that's basically what we want to try to do. You know, know your assignments, know where you're going and play the hardest you can. And, you know, good things happen. It's um, a- you know, I'm sorry. It's so funny that you bring that up because one of our assistant coaches the other day, we got a younger assistant coach. He graduated from Marathon, Coach Rusin. You know, he's very tech savvy. And he was looking for for some film on prior marathon years. And he found a 1995 game on YouTube with Marathon playing Berlin. And, And I'm watching it. And, of course, Berlin is running the wing tee. And I'm trying to think. Coach, how long has Berlin run, been running that wing T offense for? I guess it has to be since the early nineties. You know, Richie mm-hmm. when Richie Stewart got there, um, if not before that. Um, you know, uh, you know when I went to school in Miami, Berlin really wasn't you know much of a thought. You know, the private schools really weren't that big of a deal mm-hmm. except for Columbus, obviously. Yeah. You know, but there was no Westminster or Gulliver or um, you know. Even Cardinal Gibbons or American Heritage, for all, for all I know, you know, there's St. Thomas up in Florida, Miami, Columbus, and you know that was it. And everything else was, you know, Southridge or Gables, and obviously the bigger schools like that. You know what um, I wonder, Coach? Because you know, you and I come from from sort of similar backgrounds. You go into Palmetto, me go into Miami Springs. Now I've always wondered that too. Exactly what you brought up. Those like Miami Springs, I went to like what would be considered today an eight A school. You went to what would be considered an eight A school. Did those schools just not a like sort of were the but was it the fact that you're playing at a bigger school? We were just not in the same circles as them. You know what I mean, right? Because Columbus well, is Columbus was always played in the in the biggest division, but but Gibbons didn't. So you we just never played against those schools, and they I feel like they had their circles, and then we had our circles. Not saying one is better than the other. No, yeah, no, I just you know never. It was never a thought to, to attend those. And, you know, mm-hmm. next to Palmetto, Gulliver was very close by. Westminster Christian was very close by. You know, it just wasn't a thought to go to those schools. You know, right. that was that was just not the, the competition you wanted to face. You wanted to play against Southridge. You wanted to play against Columbus. You know, you wanted to play against Killians and those type of schools. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's just that's just the way it was. Um, you know, like I said, I, I didn't know. You know, sure, they were great in baseball. Rich Hoffman, you know, put together some great teams over there. Um, 
you know, I, I knew I knew about their baseball program, but you know, not running their circles, I didn't know who they had and you know some of the stuff they played against. So that's you know, you're very correct on that. And it's interesting because what really changed that in my mind was when a lot of those schools, when when they sort of got smaller, when like a Miami Northwestern got smaller and then they went down and they were playing against Berlin in a district matchup. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. That, yeah. Like yeah, that's it's, a, you know, and I, I guess it was school growth, you know, when mm-hmm. schools like Coral Reef took away from, you know, Palmetto and Killian and, you know, those schools that popped up like Braddock and. You know, all these and they started to, you know, make schools smaller themselves. And, you know, it's it's the population went down. So then obviously some of those schools slid down into other categories. And so, yeah, you're now facing the Baylins of the world. If you're Miami Northwestern or Miami Norland, you know, um, you know, that kind of stuff. And no longer was it just, you know, the the 8A or they were 5A, I guess they called it back yeah, then. Yeah, Um, You know, so it was, yeah, that's, you know. I think the, the adding of the schools, you know, taking away some of the population. And, you know, I always look at like Sean Taylor going to Gulliver has really flipped the lid on a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, some kids said, hey, listen, I can go and stand out of these small schools. And, you know, I think that really started that 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 exodus from the public schools to the to the private schools. I'll tell you, Coach, you know, a, a long, long time ago, Sean Taylor was at Gulliver and he came down to Key West and, and I was coaching at Key West at the time. And we had a really, really strong team that year. It was the first team that made the playoffs in, in a couple years, in a long time. And Sean Taylor come down with another kid named Buck Ortega. That was Ralph sure. Ortega's son. And, and Buck Ortega played quarterback. And Sean Taylor... He played wide receiver and running back and safety. And that score that game, they beat they beat us at Key West fourteen to seven. Sean Taylor hit, you know, it was just like a fly pattern, a bomb. Sean Taylor caught it for the first touchdown. The second touchdown, Sean Taylor intercepted, you know, Rock Osborne was our quarterback, intercepted Rock. The most amazing thing, though, was, you know, he intercepted it on the 30-yard line, but he must have run 300 yards back and forth to score the touchdown. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that year they won the state championship. The yeah, they did. I mean, that was a real strong team. They were they were 2A, I think Key West at the time, 3, 4, 5A. They were a smaller school. They ended up winning the state championship that year. But, yeah, that was – that was a big deal, you know, and then it wasn't back in the day. There wasn't guys from those small schools going to, to big colleges. You never heard about that, you know, yeah, no, and then especially at that elite level like that, mm-hmm. you know, not only did he go to UM, you know, he was a, he was one of their all time greats. So, you know, it was, you know, especially Buck Ortega also went to University of Miami, yep. you know, and moving to tight end, I believe. But, you know, that's, you know, two guys from that small kind of a school that was unheard of back in those days. It certainly was. It certainly was. And, you know, the times are always changing and what you can't do anything about it. You know, the only hey, that's, that's for sure. The only place the time doesn't change is the Florida Keys. <laughs> that's it. We're, we're, we're still stuck here, man. Still stuck here. So listen, I kept you on long enough, coach. Thank you so much for coming on. Good luck tomorrow and your opening of district play. All right. All right, my man. I appreciate it, Sean. Thanks, man. All righty. Take it easy. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Keys Weekly Sports Wrap with Coach McDonald. The only place to get your Florida Keys prep sports news, history, and interviews with Florida Keys sports legends. You can find this podcast every Thursday at thekeysweekly.com. Please share and like this podcast. You can find me on Facebook at Florida Keys and Key West High School Sports History. Thank you guys for tuning in. Have a great day. Day. Have a great week and I'll see you guys next Thursday.